Radioactive plugs you into the community weeknights at 6. I'm Laura Jones, and your support means Radioactive can keep passing the mic to people and nonprofits making a difference, like Fridays for Future Climate Strikers. Uproot the system basically means that we want to reorganize and drastically change the political, social, and economic systems. Radiothon starts October 29th. Help us to keep plugging you into the community by making your donation online at krcl.org. America's Farm from Lee Von Helm. Starting off a punk rock farmer edition of Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones, and joining me from his homecasting studio is... Aldine Street 9 punk rock farmer. Boy, we got a great show lined up for everyone. Put your garden to rest, maybe. Mm, I don't know, but we're going to talk to all of our favorite folks. We have Allison Enerson with us. We have James Loomis, Lacey Papa, George. Boy, oh boy, what a great show. Thanks for stacking it, Laura. You got it. I will always stack it with as much as possible, especially on your show. Coming up, Skywatcher Leo T, The New Moon, Wolves and Coyotes, Creation Story the world over political pets with Callista Pearson of Salt Lake County Animal Services and this weekend Al the ninth annual Indian Art Market at the Natural History Museum of Utah but we're going to dig in where we always do and that is with fresh homegrown local music and our featured musician tonight Al Dine you know usually as we head toward Radiothon we'd be calling up Sammy Brew and asking him to join us live at Mods Cafe right? <laughs> yeah, we would. Yeah, We're still sure. doing this thing, you know, where we've got to record until we get our studio live. But Sammy Brew is off the road and joining us now, Al. Hey, Sammy. How's it going, guys? Going well. It's good to see you, buddy. How's, how was it, man? You are on the road with Lindsey Buckingham. What an amazing guitar player that dude is. Yeah, I definitely, my my guitar playing has shot up a little bit since I saw him play live the first time. Tell us about it. Where was that? Um, so the, it was 20 hours. We had to drive 20 hours to the first show in uh, Milwaukee. And uh, yeah, we were, me and my buddy Ian were pretty much just bums. The, uh, the tour buses and <laughs> we were just out here representing Ogden. I loved it. It was awesome. That is so cool. And uh, we're going to talk to you throughout the hour tonight. You got a gig coming up at the Monarch in Ogden on the 14th with some other local bands, and we want to hear all about it. But you have a new song that you dropped at the beginning of the tour with Lindsey Buckingham. Tell us what it is, what it's about, and we'll play it. It's called Winter Soldier, and uh, I wrote it while I busted my ankle skateboarding. So I kind of had nothing better to do but to really get inspired. This is Sammy Brew with Winter Soldier right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. Towards the sun now Before 
stumbles down before it stumbles down. Hey, let's go downtown. Watch the people get older. Hey, let's go downtown. Dress up, it's getting colder. I'll become a winter soldier, soldier. Chills run down my spine. I sense the winter time. The sun. Been said in long before I met him, and long after I'm gone. Hey, let's go downtown, watch the people get older. Hey, let's go downtown, dress up, it's getting. National Rescue Committee in Salt Lake City needs new or like new winter clothing for our newly arrived refugees, adults, and children as they resettle into our community. Find a list of needed items on our website, krcl.org, and thanks y'all for always helping out. Cultures, one sky. Skywatcher Leo T here. The new moon has been hiding between the Earth and the Sun. That's what it is. It's a new moon. It returns to view this evening as a thin crescent, a sickle low in the western sky near bright Venus. And get some binoculars. Look for an extra treat with a colorful binary system in Scorpio that's right here. Looks like two atoms together. It's called Delta Scorpi, just to the left of Venus. It's many cultures, one sky. The moon and the stars are something we all have in common. Bella Luna is the original light in the night sky. As everyone from crickets playing their symphony to dolphins jumping into the moonlight, wolves and coyotes who raise their head and sing to the moon, the stars and the universe, the Earth's tides and all of Earth are grateful as well. Earth's moon and its ever-varying faces and phases. 
Creation stories the world over, as Luna captures our imagination and reflects in our eyes and moves the Earth's oceans and tides we celebrate. As we look further out in space, we see that the European and Japanese spacecraft Bepi Colombo has just completed the closest flyby of Mercury ever on October 1st, zooming down and taking photos from 620 miles above the rocky crater surface. That's close. This flyby slows down Bepi Colombo in its orbit around the Sun, using Mercury's gravity to pull it in. Five more such flybys will be performed before the spacecraft can finally enter orbit around the planet in 2025. Look for a photo of this on the Skywatcher site. Amazing events are taking place in our solar system, seemingly all at a synchronized time, from a strong aurora presence to China's moon rover's 1,000 days on the far side of the moon, from the Martian exploration to possibly finding yet another planet in the asteroid belt to fireballs visiting Earth. This from USA Today and Space.com. Less than one week after numerous people reported seeing a fireball across the east coast, another one was spotted blazing across the sky, bright enough to light the night sky blue. The American Meteor Society said they received at least 50 reports from people in Colorado, Wyoming, and New Mexico who saw the large fireball meteor streak across the sky toward the ground around 4.30 a.m. on Sunday. One resident of Evergreen, Colorado reported that the flash was so bright that it charged its solar-powered lights. If you want to see this one, folks, check out the link to the American Meteor Society for uh, video, photos, and resources for this segment. And winging back to the other side of our solar system in March 1930, Pluto was discovered by a farm boy from Kansas who built his own telescopes and made sketches of Mars and Jupiter, helping him land a job at the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff. The announcement in March of 1930 of Pluto's discovery was a moment of excitement for both scientists and the public, let alone Clyde Tombaugh and the staff there at Lowell. Next week, we investigate further the discovery of Pluto and recent observations here and go into the asteroid belt to check out deep space objects and minor planets. Stay tuned. Feel the magic as we look up Look around and get lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Another great Many Cultures One Sky report from Skywatcher Leo T. Check tonight's show notes for a link to his Facebook page and a bunch of great information that he collects about space and cultural stories of the constellations. And now, Al, we're going to check in on political pets. That's political pets with Salt Lake County Animal Services. And our friend Callista Pearson is back with a new friend. Who's your kitty? This is my new cat. His name is Ringo Spock, the Amazon Panther. That is an awesome name. Is it registered? Is there like a trademark and a Twitter account? Uh, no, I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Callista, we wanted to check in because I heard that Political Pets election is back and there is a registration deadline coming up. So let's remind folks. Yeah, so any pet anywhere can register to be a candidate for our political election. So what this is, is we elect a political mayor, a political deputy mayor, and nine political council members. And ultimately, all the funds raised from this event via registration and voting um, go directly to our injured animal fund, where we help hundreds of injured animals that come into the shelter every year doing orthopedic surgeries, um, treating other ailments that come in. Um, and this is one of the elections that it's legal to buy a vote. So, <laughs> so uh, there's a deadline to register your pet. Is it dogs, cats, iguanas? Who qualifies as a candidate? Uh, any pet, you know, so far we've only really had dogs and cats register. I would love for there to be some other sort of animal to register. Um, you don't have to bring them to events with you. And if you do live in the area and when we have a host events, 
and we're getting back into the swing of those things, we invite people to usually bring their political pet with them. So for example, they have come to our, um, our spaghetti no balls gala. We invite them out to some of our events in the community. And really it's just an opportunity for someone to promote responsible pet ownership and to say, and their dog gets a vest that says political mayor. So, I mean, what, what's better than that? Well, and there's nine seats total or is there 10, including the mayor? 11 seats total. Cause you know, you got your political mayor and you have to have your political deputy mayor and then your council members. So <laughs> it'll, it's, you know, there's a plenty of them in there. And then also if people live in this area, when they're, when it's over and they make it in, um, we do a swearing in, in front of the Salt Lake County council with, um, the, the recorders person. Ah, I see. Or the county clerk person. Sorry, <laughs> pardon me. You've I'm extended, a moment. that's okay. You've extended the registration deadline to October 14th. And then is there voting that goes on? Yeah. So October 18th through November 5th, there will be voting and that can be done online. And sometimes we're able to put up, um, polling locations, but polling locations are a little bit up in the air with just, you know, the whole pandemic thing. And then we do have a tea party scheduled for October 21st, where people can come out and meet and greet with the political candidates. And that's here at the shelter in our agility run. Yeah. Tell us about this agility run and how people can check it out. Um, So the agility run is actually something that we did fundraising for last year and fixed up this backyard that was full of goat heads that we couldn't get rid of and which is now this beautiful agility run that we use for our pets at the shelter to work their brains. Um, On occasion, we have opportunities for the public to come and use this. This would be one of those opportunities um, for the uh, political candidates to come and use the agility run on the 21st once we know who's won so again folks you got a pet you want to put up as a candidate it's time to check out how you can do that and Callista, where can people do that they can go to adoptutahpets.org and you'll find the link right there on our main page we'll be sure to put a link in the show notes tonight i always love political pets so Callista, who's the outgoing mayor remind us um, the outgoing mayor is Dexter, and he is a beagle, and he is very well-spoken. He likes to use his words, <laughs> and he is great to bring out to events. I would love to see someone enter a parrot and challenge Beagle to a debate. Challenge Dexter the Beagle to a debate. That would be awesome. Or, or, or are you term-limited? Dexter can't exactly. run again? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Callista. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. Another great event coming up this weekend is the ninth annual Indian Art Market at the Natural History Museum of Utah. Joining me to talk about it, we have the museum store manager and art market organizer, Suzanne Rollman. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, how are you today? Doing well. Thanks for giving us some time. This sneaks up on me every year, but it's been nine years that the museum has organized the Indian Art Market. Tell me what that's all about against the backdrop of the museum's collection. Of course, the Native American communities of Utah are near and dear to the museum's heart, and we have uh, a couple fabulous exhibits at the museum that people could see on Utah Native American cultures. One is Native Voices, which is on the five contemporary tribes of Utah, and it's just a beautiful exhibit. And then um, we've got an exhibit on the ancient Native cultures of Utah as well. Uh, The museum has an uh, Indian advisory committee that 
advises the museum on how to display and respectfully present their cultures. So we've, we've got really strong ties to the native communities in Utah. And uh, I've been at the museum for 10 years and at my um, interview, our then director asked me if I thought that I could start an Indian art market. So it was something that was just personally very near and dear to her heart as well. And of course I said, yes, I was at my job interview. <laughs> but uh, the next year we had our first market and uh, it was just a rousing success and it's built every year. And um, it's just really uh, near and dear to my heart. And one of the things that the museum is really proud of. We're going to talk to one of the artists in a moment, but I want to let everyone know how they can uh, attend and see all the wonderful items in the art market, which is actually in the museum's canyon area that's open to the public, correct? That's right. Um, the art market is free to the public, so you don't need to buy a ticket to the museum to come up and meet these fabulous artists and, and look at their work, hopefully find something that you love. We are also hoping that being in this gorgeous building will inspire you to buy a ticket to the museum and see the rest of it because it's phenomenal if you haven't been there. It's truly world-class. Um, but yes, you, uh, you don't need a ticket to come to the show. Just come to the main ticket desk and they'll give you a little sticker that says you're there for the art market and you can come up and, and uh, just have a wonderful experience at the museum to, uh, tomorrow and Sunday. Let's pass the microphone to one of the 31 artists that will be uh, in the uh, art market this weekend. Hi, Peggy Fontenot. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm a, a member of the Potawatomi tribe, and I'm Potawatomi and Cherokee descent. And I am a black and white film photographer, as well as a beadwork artist. Wonderful. And you'll be on uh, scene at the art market this weekend? Yes, I will. On Saturday and Sunday, I'll have a booth there. I was reading about your work and how you work, and you love film. You have not gone digital, right? Correct. <laughs> why, why is it so important to you to say stay with film and monochrome at that? You say color is a distraction. Color is a distraction to me because the issues that I'm photographing are not only historical, but they're serious. And so... Black and white draws you in where if you saw something in color, you might think, well, that's pretty and, and not get the message of the image and what's going on in the image. So you say serious issues. Can you describe for us some of the photos that we'll see in the Indian art market this weekend? Well, there are um, different um, events that and issues that affect Indian country. There's issues, for instance, from the um, 50th anniversary of the occupation of Alcatraz, which was a very um, important turning point for Native people. It gave Native people a voice. Uh, there's issues of the pipelines that are being protested. There's um, issues regarding uh, land being um, stolen that they're asking for it to be given back. 
there's just a whole host of issues. As we record this conversation, it is expected that later today the Biden administration will restore the boundaries of Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante that were reduced during the previous president's administration. And I'm just curious about your thoughts at this particular day as we approach also Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday, what it means to make art as a Native American and and to turn your lens on history. Well, it's very important to me. It's always been important. And the Bears Ears issue, um, actually, I already posted that on Facebook and was very happy (laughs) to hear that they're going to be uh, returning parts of the areas that the previous administration um, cut in size. And I understand that that you kind of resist the term probe, that you've, you're you self-taught and uh, very proud of that distinction. I am. Um, it worries me when individuals refer to me as a pro or they ask me about my camera because basically I pick up my camera and I shoot and I hope that I get lucky. And a lot of times I get very lucky. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot of good fortune in art. So excited to see your work on display this weekend. And Suzanne, tell us again how folks can come and check this out. Absolutely. So the art market is at the Natural History Museum of Utah, Saturday and Sunday, uh, same hours as the museum from 10 to 5 each day. Uh, The market is free. So you don't need a ticket to the museum to attend. Just show up to the main uh, entrance and let them know you're coming up to the market and come up and have a great day. Suzanne Rollman and artist Peggy Fontenot. Check tonight's show notes for a link to the Natural History Museum's ninth annual Indian art market going on this weekend. And now, Al? Sammy Brew is with us today. Time for another song from our featured guest tonight, Sammy Brew. But Sammy, you're going by Brew Band these days, I understand? So I started a new project called Brew Band, and it's pretty much just all electric, you know, heavy folk songs, you know? It's just straight energy. And I've been super excited, you know? It's it's really just a way to connect with more of my generation, you know? Everyone's pushing each other around and jumping on top of each other. It's pretty great. Sounds like punk rock to me. Is that is that like a new, the new wave, the new wave of punk rock? It's, it's yeah, that's definitely the direction we're all like, yeah, I think this is punk rock now. You know, we're all in agreement. <laughs> that sounds so cool. If you ever need a lead guitar player to come play a couple <laughs> solos, let me know. Al's Dude, come play solos all you want, man. We are always jamming. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. I need that fusion of uh, angst. Might not be teenage, but twenties angst. There you go. So you got Any a show. Do. You got a show coming up at the Monarch on the fourteenth up in Ogden uh, with future ex boyfriend and is it imaginary friends? Imaginary friends, yes. So uh, a great local show. It's all ages. We'll put the link in the show notes, but. I wanted to play a song that folks might hear in this kind of new punk rock vein you're doing. Eyes on the prize. What's this one about? It's about waking up and doing what you need to do to make it happen. Sammy Brew again, this time with Eyes on the Prize. Fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM.
Radioactive plugs you into the community weeknights at 6. I'm Laura Jones, and your support means Radioactive can keep passing the mic to people and nonprofits making a difference, like Fridays for Future Climate Strikers. Uproot the system basically means that we want to reorganize and drastically change the political, social, and economic systems. Radiothon starts October 29th. Help us to keep plugging you into the community by making your donation online at krcl.org. This is Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. It's Punk Rock Farmer Friday, which means Aldine Strychnine is joining me from his home casting studio. Hey, Al. Hey. Let's talk about your garden before we head into the farmer's market for a season wrap. There's only a couple weekends left, I think maybe two, maybe three, with Allison Enerson from the downtown farmer's market. But what are you doing wrapping up your garden in the backyard these days? I guess in the next few days, it's time to pick everything that's ripe and ready or and uh, get ready to, which never works very great, cover stuff unless you have frost blanket. Um, but if you do, or a hoop house or something like that, it's time to get busy and, and set get things set up for winter, really. It's not slow. It's, it's time to wind up for winter. Now, every week that I've talked to you the last month or so, it's more and more tomatoes. Where are you now in your grand total of tomato harvest, either yours or other folks that you know have extra? I'll take, I'll take a picture of the freezer over here, this chest freezer. It's full all the way to the top. There's 39 quarts in it, or a little bit more than a quart in each bag. I, there's, it's full all the way to the top. With the uh, it's more full, it's more full than it's been in years. I put up more tomatoes than than I have in years. The Aldine family recipe. All right, we have a few minutes here, so tell us how you do your sauce. Just kind of you well, know, bing bang boom. My sauce. Uh, so with the sauce and with these tomatoes, abruzzese, and I use ridotta San Marzano's big ones. Uh, this year I had enormous plum. I even had one called Grassi after my last name that. It, not spelled with an I, but with an E. Wait, I Dale thought Strickland was your last name, Al. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Dale Thurber, Dale Thurber, he gave me some, he always gives me some trial seeds. And so this year I had a couple, I had about 75 or 80 pounds of my own tomatoes. And then I went and picked another 65 pounds from Tony at Solstice Spices, who had some extras. And the thing is, is when you put up 20 pounds of tomatoes, it's like 10 bags. It's not very many. It's not very many. So you, you do like, the uh, the freezer bag is what you do, and then you so can lay that them flat. That puts some perspective to it. It's a lot of work, man. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we should bring in Allison Enerson from the downtown farmer's market. You know there's only a few markets left. I had to ask her some canning stuff and... Uh, <laughs> But I know you put up a lot. It's a lot of work, right, Allison? It is a lot of work. And I have not done anywhere near as well as you. You know, I've gotten, I don't know how many pounds. I don't even count. But I've done, you know, I got my batch of chili sauce in. I got my batch of red salsa in. I'm putting up some peppers. But yeah, I mean, with the downturn in the weather, knowing it's probably going to freeze next week and it's not going to get much warmer. So I hate to tell it, y'all, but like, this is it get outside right now because it's going to rain for the next few days. Um, and then, and then we're all going to be kind of in the weeds. Maybe Sunday would be a good harvest day as well. That's what I'll be doing all, all day is harvesting on Sunday too. 
So, Allison, Sound- tell us what's going on at the market with all the vendors. Are they? I'm guessing they're in the same situation as you and Al and anybody with a, even a, a modest-sized garden. It's time to get out there and get what you can. That's right. Um, it's going to be – the tomatoes will be slimmer for sure for the rest of the season. I'm sure there's there will be some hearty – uh, vendors who cover. Um, but I think most, for the most part, this weekend and possibly next weekend, but probably this weekend is going to be your best bet to get the last of the season's tomatoes. So if you're planning on food hoarding, uh, like many of us are, uh, now is the time. Zucchinis, a lot of zucchini, there's still a really tremendous amount of produce. And even after the freeze, we'll still have, you know, winter squash, pumpkins, onions, um, tons of apples. So there's potatoes. There's still a lot of produce out there to be had. So don't stop coming to the market. It is our 30th anniversary this year, of course. So we're going to do, um, cake. We have a cake that's being donated by longtime sponsor Harmon's and the person making the cake just happens to have been on cake wars. So it's going to be an elaborate cake. Um, so come to the market at 10 a.m., get a piece of free cake, and then we're going to do a market group sing-along at 10.15. We're going to sing happy birthday to the market. And that's this weekend? <laughs> that is this Saturday. Yep, this Saturday in the rain. It is going to rain. Bring your jacket, bring your slicker, and your umbrella. You'll be fine. 30 years. Wow. 30 years. That's a, that's really amazing. We know some of the people uh, that are were involved in those first markets, and a couple of them are still there vending. This year, I felt like it was a really great year for produce. I think after we got the rains and stuff, I think there was like mega stuff. Did you see that at the market? Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good. The last few weeks have been really, really good. So um, I encourage everyone to come and take advantage of it. And, you know, I just did another radio show and it's really important to like, you don't have to fill a freezer full of 70 pounds of tomatoes, but, you know, most everybody can like cut up a zucchini and stick it in a freezer bag and know that that's there um, for you in January when you want to make a ratatouille or something. So don't overthink it. Um, Just start slow, put some, chop up some stuff and stick it in your freezer. It's really it makes you feel really good. And it's, you know, it's the gateway drug to getting into things like canning and planting 27 tomatoes and doing all the crazy things that, that Aldine and I do. I had a question for the two of you before we bring in our next guest to this uh, end of season kind of panel discussion. And that is what is your go-to herb to put in your sauce or your chili? Is there something that should definitely go in there as you stew down those tomatoes or like you said, you, you cut up the, the squash where you're going to throw a couple of fresh herbs in there to freeze too. Yeah, I, um, I definitely try to make a tomato basil garlic sauce every year, which I have not gotten to. Um, I, might, I might get to it. I might not. Um, but at that point, it's really easy just to pull a jar of tomatoes that you've put up and add basil after the fact. Usually always tastes better anyway. So I like the blank slate of just a quart of stewed tomatoes because then you can kind of do whatever you want with it. Um Go-to ingredient in my chili sauce are um, all of the strange spices that people don't think about, which are allspice, clove, nutmeg, cinnamon. Um, so that's like an old school Mormon chili sauce thing. <laughs> Aldine. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I really don't 
like do what Allison does. When I put up my tomatoes, they're just pureed tomatoes. They're just processed tomatoes so that I can start and do what I want with them. And But my favorite herbs that I use from the garden are rosemary and oregano. Those are my Italian herbs and thyme that I always go to. And I try to make a house blend. I try to take all the plants and dry them and make a nice the bigger container, the of spice container, like you buy at the store, the bigger one, it's full. That lasts the whole winter of house blend spices. And I just mix them all together. And it's, it's sage, it's thyme, it's rosemary, it's basil, it's a, a mint, it's every, it's all of them. And I sprinkle it on everything that I make. Like if I make a roast, it gets sprinkled with it. If I, you know, stuff like that, uh, I use it house blend. And now joining us, James Loomis, uh, Wasatch Community Gardens Green Phoenix Farm. That's a long. That's a long moniker, there, my brother. <laughs> it's it's a mouthful, but we you know we have to pay pay homage to the WCG. That's yes, right. Yes, of course. Uh, WCG do so much in the community to make people want to grow and eat healthy food, and uh, that's like the part of their part of their ethos and. Uh, James, this was a good year, I thought. I thought the I thought the growing season was weird because it was really hot at first. But boy, oh boy, I think I think I had more a nicer crop of just about everything than I've had in a minute. Yeah, I agree. There was some sort of cosmic force working for our advantage, despite yeah, I, I thought it was gonna be uh, you know, not great with how hard that heat hit us that early, but I agree. I've had the best year. I would say our yields are double what they were last year. Right? I'm I'm serious. I felt it too. I mean, I I had 300 pounds of tomatoes for my little plants out back here. I, I and I saw a lot of eggplants too and just everything. I'm I'm not yeah. sure what happened, but I hope it happens again. Well, Al, <laughs> you know, I'll uh I know how you grow and how I grow, you know, I'm, I'm getting stuff out early. I'm getting stuff under cover. I mean, my tomatoes, my peppers, all these things are going out in April um, under some protection. And I think that makes all the difference because, all right. you know, I see a lot of people waiting till late May, which is what we've traditionally done. And I, I did see some gardens get absolutely fried because they didn't uh, have time to get established. Right. You know, it's 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 taking an, an increasing amount of tools in our toolbox to navigate this roller coaster of a climate we're being handed. You know, we're talking it, it, about shutting down gardens, Al and Allison. Can you walk us through what you're doing at uh, Green Phoenix Farm and the folks you're doing it with? Yeah, absolutely. So the farm team and, uh, you know, we, we have some faithful, reliable volunteers and other staff right now. Um, you know, it's looking like we might get a freeze next week. So we're getting ahead of it by harvesting everything. So many crops can store for quite a while. I mean, you know, peppers, when you store them well, can last for four weeks in the fridge. Of course, we can ripen all the green tomatoes. But right now we are canning and pickling like crazy, shooting for, you know, 30 to 40 quarts of, of, of things being canned up every day for the next week or two. You know, I, I know people say putting things to rest, but that's really never, that really never happens. I, I, I know that. 
it's more about um, getting ready for next year. And, and I, mean, I know it's a dumb question, but the fall, I believe, is a good time to add organic matter. Isn't that correct, James? <laughs> Uh, absolutely. For, from my perspective, all the time is a great time to add organic matter. Um, of course, you know, as we get these crops out, we're, we're getting everything cover cropped. Beds were not able to get cover cropped in time. We cover with leaves. But I, I also, you know, push back against the, the sense that this is the time to, quote unquote, put your garden to bed because I'm going to be harvesting uh, lettuce, spinach, carrots, beets, cilantro, um, all, all of these things, you know, well into the winter months. And, you know, especially things like spinach, it just stays alive all winter, no protection. As soon as the snow melts, you go harvest some more spinach. It's awesome. There's, there's only a few months where the light gets short and, and uh, we can't grow anything with the amount of light that's outdoors. But like you said, about four, six weeks ago, I planted my lettuce and I planted cilantro and I planted some a couple of different kinds of radish and I'm eating them right now and I'm going to be eating them for a minute. You know, staying on top of the seasons is a big thing and, and as much as you can grow all year round. I know the biggest new beginnings thing now that instead of resting and making, putting stuff to bed is you're saving seed now, James. And this is a thing that's right on my level. Last year, you gave me a bunch of seeds. I was able to turn them on to a bunch of people. This year, I want to come and learn a little bit more and, and get in on the seed saving and the procedures and stuff. So, um, if folks that don't know, uh, you propagate seed for Snake River Seed Company up in Boise. It's in, is it in Boise? Yeah, the cooperative is in Boise, and all of us as uh, partner growers are growing within the Great Basin bioregion. So we're working hard to uh, you know make our regional seed shed resilience. And and like you mentioned, we steward um, about you know twenty five or thirty varieties of vegetables, herbs, and flowers. And if, uh, of course, you, you, you're you already on the radar, but if any of your listeners want to come and volunteer and learn a little bit more about how to uh, save seed and store seed and, and, and plant breeding and, and you know, really, it, it really takes your growing to a whole new level. You know, it's, 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 it's one thing to grow a great cucumber it's another thing to see that all the way through to seed and to harvest those seeds and to plant them again the next year. And so in addition to, you know, stocking the co-op, we also, a lot of those varieties are, are what we call our WCG stewarded varieties that I will then sell as seedlings at our spring plant sale. And uh, we also started offering seed packets this year at our plant sale for things that, you know, don't, don't, that, that do better from seeds like corn and beans and carrots, things you're, I mean, I see people buying starts of corn and I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I don't know if I'd do that again, buddy. <laughs> so. so you're listening to so, Radioactive, the Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition here on KRCL. Our guests for Aldine's Urban Farm Report include James Loomis from Wasatch Community Gardens and the Green Phoenix Farm and Allison Enerson from the downtown Salt Lake City Farmers Market. And it's time to take stock about the end of the season. But what I'm hearing here, Al, is that really it's nonstop and it's time to plan what comes next, Al. Most definitely. I know uh, 
I, I, I want to save this seed so I can grow the same stuff in my backyard, the stuff that I love, the stuff that I want to eat, and I want to propagate and grow my own seed. The, the, James, I got excited. The embryonic journey is like my favorite thing. It's like, oh my goodness, it's my totally favorite thing about gardening. It's, it's I just want to see it grow, man, from a little seed into a beautiful fruit that I can eat from my backyard. I can't, I can't think of anything better in my life than that. I can't. Well, you know, Al, I, I, I hear that enthusiasm in your voice and I, I share it as well. And I think a big part of it is it, you know, it gets us out of that linear way of thinking about the garden, which is really silly because the garden is inextricably connected to, you know, how the planet works, which is very cyclical. And it, there's not a beginning or, or an end. It's, it's all one big, long, continuous cycle. And man, I don't want my joy to have a beginning and an end. I want my joy to just completely rotate on these ever improving and increasing cycles, man. So high five across the uh, radio waves to you, my good sir. Allison. And for those of us who find this conversation exhausting, go ahead and just put your garden to bed. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. Come to the farmer's market the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah, we have three more weeks of the farmer's market. You can come and get your produce there. Um, I know I sometimes will throw out some seeds in the fall. I did not get to it this year, so I won't have a winter garden. So I will be meeting you at the fence, James, and you'll be giving me everything that you're harvesting. <laughs> you know, I, I sure will. And to be perfectly transparent, there's a big part of me that's excited to see my garden and farm freeze and get a break from uh, the perpetual harvest. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to I'm going to miss it. There's nothing more painful than, you know, having to buy produce from the grocery store again because the farmer's yeah. market not there and my garden's frozen so but you can take stock of what worked well and what you want to plant and don't plant like you know last year i found out i don't like ground cherries i don't like mustard mustard uh, mustard greens and so i didn't plant those this year and there are a few things i learned this year like yeah i'm not gonna do that again um and it's better for me to go and get that and support a local grower and that's where your farmer mar farmers markets come in hey allison i know that at the end of the season uh as part of the work you do with the downtown alliance and the whole issue of urban and local food you guys take a trip where'd you go recently and what'd you learn yeah we did a, um, an urban exploration trip to kansas city we did a lot of cool things we spent a lot of time on the streetcar we spent a lot of time at city market um, City Market is a historic public market with a farmer's market component that's been around since 1857. So just 10 years after the pioneers walked into the Salt Lake Valley, that market was founded. So it's there's it's owned by the city. It has a city charter and um, it's really cool. It's, you know, I don't know how many, 20 or 30 brick and mortar spaces that circle the sheds where the farmers are. Um, so we got to do a great tour of that and, and really get our city leaders and our community excited about a public market for Salt Lake. Um, so that was really cool. And we got to see their, the farmer's market activated on Saturday. Um, and they have right now, I don't know how many, like 10 different Hmong farmers, which we used to have a Hmong farming community here and we, we don't anymore. So to step into that and see how many really interesting different things are being grown um, in Kansas City that that we don't we don't get here so that was really cool and i think we got really pumped about the progress that we're making on public market and what our path forward is 
Yeah, you've been uh, working on getting this year-round public market for, man, I think 20 years? If Not quite 20. <laughs> um, I personally have been working on it for nine um, but it's been on the on the downtown alliance radar for more than a decade 12 13 years probably so um so we can, we're gonna make it happen we have there's some exciting things happening uh, west of the Rio Grande Depot um in terms of the University of Utah and their development of an innovation district and <clears throat> they're really committed to having a health and nutrition and um uh education component there so we fit right in um, with what they are looking to do on the west side of the Rio Grande Depot. So that's all really exciting and a lot of cool things to come on that. So where can people get more details on the whole project to go year round, but also the big birthday party this Saturday, 10 a.m. Pioneer Park at the Downtown Farmers Market? You're mostly going to see that for the information on the on free cake and a 1015 sing along. Uh, Hit us up on social, Insta, Facebook. I don't, I'm not sure that there's anything up on the website yet, but we have three weekends left in, in the park. And then we move to the gateway. We will be back at the gateway. The Rio Grande Depot is still under construction for that seismic upgrade. So we'll be back at the gateway um, opening November 13th. So just in time to get um, all your start stocking up supplies for uh, Thanksgiving. That's it's my birthday. Up. November oh, that's 13th. My birthday. Sweet. November 13th. <laughs> Wow. What I'm getting for you is a winter market. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. I You're welcome. Um, more information on all that is available at slcfarmersmarket.org. And of course, James Loomis, uh, what's the website to catch up with you and everything happening at Green Phoenix Farm? Wasatchgardens.org gives you all you need to know about us and, as well as our other program. James, if you can't hear the noises in the background, folks, he just uh, walked out onto the farm. So check the show post tonight. We're going to get a selfie of him at the Green Phoenix Farm to share with you. Aldine, you got anything else you want to wrap up? Any advice for folks as they wrap up their garden this season? Oh, man, preserve it, save it, eat it all winter long. You won't regret it. All right, Allison and James, you're good to go. Thank you so much for uh, doing this with us. We always love having you on the show, and we really appreciate what you contribute. Always a Thanks pleasure. So I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Right. See ya. And before we get to one more song from our featured artist tonight, Sammy Brew, got a show at the Monarch in Ogden next week. We wanted to check in on how the season is kind of winding down for some of our urban farmers, our rural farmers. And earlier this season, Al, you remember you and I went on a road trip up to northern Utah and checked out a couple of dairies? I sure do. How could I forget? We had a great time, and it was really great to get up to Lacey's farm. How you doing, Lacey? Lacey Papa George, Dairy West, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Alan Laura? Doing well, and I know that the season doesn't really end for a dairy farmer like it does for, you know, folks who grow crops, but we thought we'd check in and see how things went over the course of the summer, especially with the drought, and we were hearing about you know, dairy farmers having to uh, get rid of some cows, not being able to get the feed they needed. How How is Dairy West and your own dairy farm uh, up there in Far West been doing? That's a great question. So as we all know, this year's been another crazy year. We've had the drought along with continued COVID issues across kind of everywhere. So that always makes things interesting, but the drought this year has definitely been rough on our dairy farms. It's caused um, the feed prices to really increase, and that makes things hard for everybody because your inputs 
are just increasing. All of the feed prices are going up, but the money you're bringing in is staying about the same. So that makes it hard for farmers to one, find feed because less feed was being grown this year due to lack of water and then being able to afford as much feed as they need. So I think there have been some farmers that have ended up selling um, some of their cows so that they have a few less animals to feed. And I know that there were a couple of farms that even went out of business because they couldn't quite afford to feed their cows anymore. And we don't, you know, you don't want to see that happen, but sometimes people will decide to retire when there's like a drought or something going on like this. Did you guys come to that spot where you had to get rid of any cows? What about the little cows we saw, the little calves we saw that were in their little pens in the spring? Did they grow up to be nice and nice, big and producing? That's a great question, Al. So the cows or the calves that you saw this spring that were in hedges, they definitely have grown a lot since you've seen them. They're not producing milk yet because they were the ones in hedges were only about three months old when you saw them. So at this point, they're not quite ready to be bred and then come back and have a calf and produce milk, but they're still in the herd. Um, on our farm, we did decide to sell some of our cows that were in lactation. So we sold a group of about um, 25 cows to a farmer that we know that actually lives in Canada. Wow. So 25. And you do a lot of show uh, Holsteins as well, as I recall. Yeah, that's true. We raise our animals to be show animals. So we sell them to other people so that they can show them. Um, other 4-H kids will, will buy them sometimes and show them at their county fairs and state fair and that kind of thing. So that's something really fun that my family enjoys being involved with. You know, Al, I seem to recall that when we were up there at the Papa George family's uh, dairy in Far West, that there was talk of having to relocate the dairy. You remember how many houses were around that, that uh, oh, yeah. dairy farm? What, yes. Yeah, definitely. What's happening with that, Lacey? Yeah, good question. I think this is a question that my family gets a lot because our dairy is located kind of in the middle of a bunch of development and housing and everything. So at this point, there's no plan for us to relocate. Um, we love the spot that we're at and we really enjoy our neighbors. They've always been really good to us and they're pretty good friends. So hopefully we'll be able to stay in our spot in Ogden for many years to come, but it is something that eventually will potentially happen. Well, Lacey, thanks for giving us an update here at the end of the growing season, so to speak. Dairy Farms 24-7, 365, and you are also with Dairy West. What's that website and what can people find there? That's a good question as well, Laura. So our website that people can learn more about dairy products, milk, cheese, yogurt, all of that kind of fun stuff is unbottled.com. And we'd love for anyone that has questions to hop on there and submit some questions to our Your Questions Unbottled. Lacey, thanks so much for the update. You're very welcome. Thank you, Laura. Thanks so much, Lacey. See you again next time. Yeah, thank you. It's good to see you both. You too. Take care. Have a, good, uh, have a good winter. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you too. And that's our show. Al Dynstrick 9, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. I'm Laura Jones. Al, we got time for one more song from Sammy Brew. Hey, Sammy, let's close the show with one more song um, and tell folks a little bit about where they can get your stuff and, and what's going on because you kinda, you're going DIY, man. You're doing it yourself, right? You're going DIY. You know, if... If you're down to support, just come to a concert, buy a piece of merch, uh, stream my music, 
on all the streaming platforms and uh yeah just tell your friends about it yeah you can find it pretty much anywhere on the internet <laughs> so sammy you were on the road with Lindsay, Lindsay buckingham from fleetwood mac a great guitar player from the 70s tell me you said you, your guitar playing went up a little notch tell me a little bit about him because i know it had to be exciting to watch him play it's exciting to watch him play and, and his whole crew uh you know all the drivers the sound guy uh the roadies like they're all such nice people and they just like making sure i was getting fed you know when we played at a casino <laughs> they got me a room and like you know, it's just like it was good to like uh, really connect with those guys because they've all done crazy things throughout their own lives. You know, like right. every one of them's got a story. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm going out again with him in December for the whole month. And, uh, you know, for the time being in October and November, it'll just be brew band uh, running around, getting loud for a little bit. Sounds like a lot of fun. It's so much fun. So thank you guys for giving me a little platform to speak about it on. So Brew Band, live October 14th at the Monarch and All Ages show. We'll put links in the show notes. Going to dip into your catalog here for Teenage Mayhem. Tell us about this one. Uh, it's just about, you know, me trying to connect with my generation. I, you know, I, The more and more I look around at us as we get older, it's just it's really cool to see everyone's mindsets and different paths. And so it's pretty much just about that you know going crazy with your friends teenage mayhem sammy brew fresh and homegrown on krcl 90.9 fm awesome thank you guys so much take care have a great gig at the monarch thank you thanks man all, all right, right. peace out y'all